Get up, you son of a bitch! Does Mickey love you? Hey, 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 you were listening to the MMO Radio Movie Show, which stands for Movie Markout. I'm Popcorn Pete, along with my partner in crime, Vinny the Vault. Vinny the Vault, and tonight we're going to talk about a certain actor who's had his ups and downs, a roller coaster in life. When it comes to movies. And I think he's very underappreciated for what he can do, especially his early stuff. I mean, some of the early stuff that he did was was phenomenal. If he was doing that stuff now, people would be, like, head over heels. In love with the guy. Yeah. But, but I mean, back, back in the day, when he was a big superstar, and, uh, you know, he, he was like a, a heartthrob. Oh, yes. For young women. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah, do you think it's about time we, uh, we actually mention his name? <laughs> sure, why not? We're talking about none other than Mickey Rourke. And Vault, i got to be honest, I wasn't the biggest Mickey Rourke fan in the world. Well then, you you you've lost something in your life, and maybe this is what th- maybe this is what you're missing. It could be. It could be with yeah. all these things that are going on in life, and you you know you just don't know what you're missing in life. Maybe it's because you never watched Mickey Rourke films. I mean, I have. I've seen a few of them, but um, like but said, he's got like eighty five films under his belt. Well, you know, I'm not 85 years old, and, you know... <laughs> and, in fact, I was looking over the list of what he did for films, uh-huh. and there are a few that I didn't even know he was in. And it probably, if I told you those titles, you'd probably see them go, oh, okay, so I've seen uh, I've seen one more that he was in. Like, did you know one of the first films he did was 1941? Steven Spielberg's... No! Mo- yeah, it was. What what part did he play? Um, I can't remember offhand, but but he was definitely in. He, it. he was in it. He was in that, but it, but it was like that was like what seventy eight or seventy nine. But it was a very small piece, right. so it's it probably you know it's probably just walked off, just walked off like a cameo, right? Yeah, right. But I mean, so, but from there, I mean, you you you've seen him in other films, um, you know, Angel Hot. Prayer for the Dying, Pope of Greenwich Village, which is one of my favorites, um, The Wrestler, which he did later oh, on in his career. I particularly love that movie. Yes, I think. Um, and and it's it's so funny that we we talk about that because we were talking about how his his movie career went up and down like a roller coaster, and then he went into boxing, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he makes this wrestling movie. And you know that that was his basically his big comeback. That was that was his Pulp Fiction, exactly like John Travolta. Yes, right. That was his Pulp Fiction. Right, right, right. Now the th- the biggest thing about his career was that he looked the part of the gangster. That's why right. in in the early films he always played the tough guy. Right. And that was one of the things that 
you saw, especially in A Prayer for the Dying, you saw him as a um, IRA militant, but he had that tough guy look to him through the entire film. Right, right. He never through that film. He never got soft. No, he never did. No, he never did. Never did. And uh, Eric Roberts was in. Um, a Pope, no, no, no. He was in Pope, uh, Pope of Greenwich Village. Okay, okay. Bob Hoskins was in uh, Prayer for the Dying. He was the priest. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yes, yes. Um, and he was from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It portrayed an awesome, awesome priest. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you didn't know any better, you'd say that it, 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 the way he, came, he comes across, he comes across as a real priest. And, the, and one of the beauty things about um, that role was that he played a, um, a retired, I, I believe it was a retired colonel from the British Army. Yes. So he, so he had that militant, militant background. So when you have Rourke's character come, in, come and meet him, it's basically, you know, if you step back from what you're doing, you could survive this. Right, but the, the thing with his role as being the priest, like, one moment he was like, get out of here, and then the next moment he was trying to be his best friend. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of the thing that he w- was with him trying to get out of there was that uh, he saw Rourke going after his daughter. Who is blind? Right. So, his obviously his daughter can't see the body language that Hoskins says in what he's literally been living off of for years, watching people's body language. Now, was that actually his daughter, or was it his niece? No, it was. His, I believe it was his daughter. Because for some reason, I thought it was his, his niece. Well, it could I, it, I mean, it, it could it could have been his. But niece. I mean, either way, either way, either way. Um, but that's that's one of my favorite films of Rock. Um, I mean, it's not as high up the, it's not as high up as um, Wrestler. I think Wrestler is the pinnacle of his his acting. Absolutely, and we'll, you know we'll talk about that later. But in this movie that we're talking about right now, I mean, he portrayed you know an Irishman put on a great. Great dialogue. Yes, and one of the things that I loved about him is he didn't drop the accent. No, never did. Where you see in other films where you have American actors trying to do Irish accents or English accents or whatever kind of accent, and they can't carry it for the entire film. A perfect example, Leonardo DiCaprio in, well, in The Departed. Well, I've got a better example. Keanu Reeves in Dracula. <laughs> There are times during that that he's trying to be an Englishman in the 1800s, and he sounds like a surfer dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, needless right. to say, but I think with this, I think he was already climbing that ladder of being there. I mean, before this film, he had done, um, he had done, I believe, I did, I believe he did Pope of Greenwich Village before the before he did this. Um, he did. Oh, what's the film? Uh, Year of the Dragon. Yes, he did that before this. Nine and a half weeks he did before this. But I think those we'll get were, into that. Yeah, but I think those <laughs> were all steps 
coming up to this, and from this, it was up further. It's like, oh my, this we really have to watch what he's doing. But I think from here on, he was making bad choices of movies. I think that's where that, he was that, really doing pro- had problems with his career. That's when the roller coaster went down the hill. Yes. Because, you know, I, I was like, you know, he was so popular in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, he's just kind of like faded away, disappeared. You didn't hear anything from yep, him. Yeah, he, he, you know, he'll do one thing here, one thing there. He'll do little pieces in, well, I don't even know if they call him director video now or director disc. But um, probably director desk. Yeah, but he was doing roles, little roles like that, right? For movies that never hit the theater, mm-hmm. but it was just a paycheck. Um, a lot it, of actors do that. Oh yes, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that, that they don't. I'm just saying that that's what he was doing on those down slopes, and then you get him into movies like, um, oh, uh, like The Expendables when he came back for The Expendables. He Which did, I, I thought he was great at. Right. It and wasn't did, a big role. No, no, no. And I believe he did Expendables the same year Iron Man 2. I believe you're right. And, uh, and I mean, he played a great, great um, whiplash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. again, he held the Russian accent the entire time. Right. It, it didn't break at any point. No, no. I mean, he, he's great when it's doing that stuff. But I mean, you know. He was starring with another movie actor who had made a comeback. Yeah. Who? Who? Who was Iron Man? <laughs> who oh, was you, Iron oh, Man? You, oh, you mean Robert? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> look at the career that he had had. Yeah. And then, you know, he had all these problems and everything, and then, you know, he spent some time in jail. And it's so weird that, you know, they would let him come out of jail for a little bit film some shots and then bang he's back in jail it was just it's like what what the hell well the thing does it yeah but the thing now with um with downey jr is that you know now that he's no longer iron man you know it's going to be kind of tough he's he's no longer under the contract with um with disney so we'll see what happens Uh uh-oh well, when you when you're uh, when you have a contract with Disney, you have to keep to a morals clause. Oh, so God. now that he's no longer a part of that, we'll see what happens. Did they uh, did they announce uh, who was going to replace him? Or oh no 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 that's not that's not yet. <laughs> that's not yet. That's down the road. That's Hollywood for you. Yep. No no no. That's <laughs> that's that's what it is. I mean, they've got to come. They they they'll have a new. Captain America, they'll have a new Iron Man, uh, who, Thor's now part of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be, that's that whole thing is going to be kind of interesting to see where that goes in what direction. Right, but um, what did what'd you think of the uh, the Spider-Man revamp? I mean, did, did the, you, the, new, the newest one? The newest one? I mean, did, did you think it was better than Sam Raimi's? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. But... The the thing is, is that Marvel would never go now that they get the rights back for those characters. They'll never go back to what another company did. Right. You I know. Got, so gotcha. it's like Sam Raimi will never do another Spider-Man film no. because Marvel has it. Uh, Tobey Maguire will never be a, a Spider-Man because Marvel doesn't want him. They picked this kid here, which I can't remember his name. 
But um, but I mean, did, did, did you think he was better than Tobey Maguire? Oh, well, yeah, kind of, because he looks like he belongs in high school. Maguire never did. Right. He never looked like he belonged in high school. But I mean, that scene in Spider-Man 3 where he's, you know... Right, wait a second. Let's get back on topic. Yeah, let's get back on topic. <laughs> you always call, you always want to talk about. I see. I don't think you dislike that scene. I think you love it. No, because I don't. Because I think this is the th- this this is our fifth show, and this is the third time you've brought that up. What, Toby Maguire dancing in Spider Man Three? No, I didn't. Yes, you have. You no, have. I have. Yes, you have. You have. Let's go back and listen to the show. Well, we'll have to, but we're not going to do it right now. No, we're not going to do it right now, but I, I, no. Yep, this is the third time out of five shows that you've mentioned it. You know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. What, are you going to have the producer edit it out if you, if it does true out? Come up true? Yeah, well, I'll... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. talk to our editor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is there uh, anything else you want to say about Prayer for the Dying? Uh, just, just all around great movie. Okay. Great movie. All right. Um, kept the accent the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't know why he just kind of slipped away from us all. Oh, well. And went into boxing. Well, that's that was his call. That's his, his career, and that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, well. Yeah, nobody, stop, nobody stopped him. So he went and did what he wanted. Yeah, but he's nobody stopped Gary Busey when he was riding his motorcycle without a helmet. That's true. All right. So, the next film we're going to talk about is Nine and a Half Weeks. Yes. <laughs> now More I have. No, no, no. I honestly have to say I've never seen it. It is on my list of what uh, okay. something to watch. Um, but you know, just like so many other things, you have to be in the mood to watch it. I am just never in the mood to watch boring porn. To sit there and sit, watch nine and a half weeks. I, I wouldn't exactly say it's boring porn, but um, what would you call it? I would call it a uh, very sexual movie. Porn? Not porn. I mean, you don't see actual penetration or anything like that. But uh, the thing that's funny <laughs> about nine and a half weeks is remember, remember Pamela Smart? Yes. Yeah. That's one of the movies that she got to uh, show one of her students. Oh. And they ended up, you know, going upstairs to her bedroom and repeating the scenes that they saw in the movie. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, I wasn't hey, there. I know, but that has nothing to do with about the movie. <laughs> Actually, it does. because Oh, you know, oh, oh it does, does it? Yeah, they were, they were watching the movie and they were like, hey, let's go on. Uh, so, you, so you proved my point. It is porn. No, it's not porn. <laughs> but it's got a porn sexuality <laughs> to it. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. Right, so I need to be really in the mood to watch this. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> it's out there. Um, I think it's on Netflix now. So It is. I just watched it not too long ago. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So... No masturbation, but, nothing like that. <laughs> it's well, just, I, should, I should hope not. No, I mean, it's, it's just a good movie, but, you know, it, it's another one of those, his earlier movies, mm-hmm. and, and he, he looks really young, and, you know, he's, he's a good-looking guy, and, uh, you know, women went crazy for him, and then, like I said, he, he, just, he d- just disappeared. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, that was his decision. Yeah. 
So, I mean, but, you know, definitely a good movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Kim Basinger was looking pretty hot. Not so much now. Well, I mean, how, how many women that were um, real hot back in uh, the 80s? And to look at him now, look at Kathleen Turner. Oh, my God. Dumb and Dumber Part uh, 2? Shit. Three, four, whatever. Horrible. I mean, I didn't even recognize her. I, I had to re-watch the movie, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Kathleen Turner. Yep. Holy shit. But, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the last Basinger film that was any good um, Batman. was Batman. <laughs> I really think that was the end of it for her. I can't think of anything afterwards. I know she screwed up her husband's uh, when she was ma- was she married to Alec Baldwin, or were they just dating? I can't. I remember. thought she was married to him. I, I know she was dating Prince for a while. Yeah, no, I think I think she was married to Alec Baldwin, and uh, she screwed up his career. So you know, just the just so he could you know be with her. <laughs> but I mean, Alec's made a comeback. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, now now he now he's President Trump. <laughs> All right, what else, got, bro? Okay, so uh, the next one I want to talk about is Pope of Greenwich Village. And I'm going to be honest to you, and I'm going to be honest to the listeners out there. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the whole thing. Okay. So I cannot honestly give you an opinion. Of this film. That's okay, because we, we all know that the only opinion that counts here is mine. So, what... <laughs> you know what? <laughs> what? You, you talk about me repeating shit on the same shows. Yeah. You're always like, oh, I'm right, you're wrong, and fuck yeah, you, and true. this, that. And yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. F- fuck off. You, you know what? Fine. Great. Okay. You like the movie. Oh, I love the movie. Okay, well, talk about it. <laughs> One of the few gangster films that really isn't a gangster film. No. No, but the thing is, is you, when you get through it, you find out... You, you, the whole thing rolls as him and his cousin are playing gangster from the get-go. And then at, when they come face-to-face with a real gangster, it all blows up in their face. And they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got Daryl Hannah in this. When she was still hot. Oh, yes. Again, when she was still hot. Um, Eric Roberts. Who looked like a creep. He had that... Like an afro, almost. Uh, Yeah. But, I mean, tell me an early movie of his that he didn't look like a creep. Um, I don't think he could come up with one. I don't think so. No. And considering... Star 80? (laughs) And considering who his sister is, you think that he'd get... be a lot better looking. Exactly. You know what? That brings up a great point. Julia Roberts. I mean, beautiful, incredible. She still is. Yes, still is. Yeah. But Eric Roberts was never like... It's like it's like Julia got all the beauty genes and Eric didn't get nothing. Right. It's kind of like twins. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and who, who's, who's the gangster in this? Oh, Burt Young. Who everybody knows from Rocky. Rocky. Rocky Folly. Yep. Um, he plays a great gangster in this. And they call him uh, Bedbug. <laughs> because he's just crazy as shit. 
And right. he he can't stand the name, but everybody still uses it. And um, when they get down to the point where they the the gangsters corner Eric Roberts and they take his thumb as payment for robbing him, um, you know it's like whoa, that's uh, they don't show it, but just the look on Robert's face, you can tell he's in agony. Right. And then later on when he's got the bandage and he's got his hand all bandaged up and everything, it is, it's it's tear-jerking watching him, you know, he's like high up on the meds and then, of course, all the adrenaline is running in his body too. And then at one point he's talking, he's just talking straight, he's just, you know, just acting crazy. And then all of a sudden... He just looks at his hands and realizes the thumb's gone, and he just breaks down. Right. And it's like your heart gets torn watching him just break down over that. Because, I mean, obviously he didn't want to accept that fact. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But, um, you know, in the, the title doesn't... The title itself doesn't get used until the very end of the film, mm-hmm. where Rourke says that he's the Pope of Greenwich Village. Yes, so when he's talking to uh, Bedbug, yeah, Bedbug. <laughs> I, the, the thing is, is I love the nickname because it go it ranks right up there with Bugsy, because that was supposedly why uh, Bugsy got the nickname because he was he was crazy, and that's why they called him Bugsy. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. But so Warren Beatty sort of like smoothed that over. He no. <laughs> Do you think he smoothed it over, or do you think he fucked it up? <laughs> Depends on how you look at the film. When we get when we get around to gangster films and and things like that, we'll talk more in depth about uh, good and bad films. Okay, but right. there's a, because there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones out there that people don't see or don't even know of. Yeah, and there are a lot of it, actually in every category of film, there are lots of films out there that people do not know about. And there are films that that are great and should be seen. And you've never heard of them. Yes. Exactly. Because nobody, either I've never heard of them or nobody's ever mentioned them to me or something like that. And that's a big part of why we do this show is to, oh, to throw out information out there for people to, to, to realize. It's like people may never have known about A Prayer for the Dying or uh, Nine and a Half Weeks or Pope of Greenwich Village because they were early films and you just you know people say Mickey Rourke is like oh geez I don't I, I don't like anything of his you know but have you given it a chance right right I mean and you know A Prayer for the Dying you you were actually the one that lent me this movie yeah and I was like alright you know I'll give it a shot and I checked it out and you know very good movie yeah very very good movie yeah I think I, I think uh, I think Pope Pope of Greenwich Village is up there with uh, Prayer for the Dying, because I think it's just it's it's just him carrying the story. You've got all the other characters coming and going, but it's basically his story straight down the road. Right. And and he, I think he does a great job of carrying it all the way from beginning to end. And you got his creepy cousin there, <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts. Yes, yes, yes. Who 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 likes to steal from the places he works in? Yeah. Which I, I thought was I thought was hilarious when they fight when they fired him, 
and it's it was basically like, well, what do you what are we gonna do? And he whips out two bottles of champagne from his jacket and go, we're gonna celebrate. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like you scumbag. <laughs> this is why we just got fired. Yeah, it's like, are you happy now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus, tap dancing Christ. Oh. All right, so let's talk about the wrestler. All right, let's talk about the wrestler. Um. This was Mickey Rourke's big comeback movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is when, uh, you know, he really wasn't doing anything. I mean, you know, he did a few things here and there. Right. But then he got his role in The Wrestler. And then all of a sudden, you know, The Wrestler hit so close to home mm-hmm. with not only the audience, but actual, I mean... Volt, you're a wrestling fan, right? Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, somewhat. But, I mean, you know, it hit home with the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. In the WWE, WCW, ECW, whatever the organization may be. Right. It hit home with them. Because they could relate. Right. To what was going on. And the funny thing about the movie is... Is that Mickey Rourke plays this plays this wrestler who is pretty much washed up, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he's tr- he's trying to make a comeback, and he's trying to get his life together. Right. You know, he wants to get a girlfriend. He wants his daughter in his life. He wants all these things, but nothing just ever seems to pan out. And, you know, he wasn't the big superstar that he was in the 80s. Right. Because, you know, he was basically a huge star in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, hey, here he is now. And he's not as big as he used to be. Right. So he's working the independents. And he's going from town to town and basically getting paid shit. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, he did it to survive. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it was a it was a very hard hitting movie, and uh, if anybody hasn't seen it out there, I mean, definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, just a a great great movie, but I mean, it's just like he didn't want to give up. Right. Almost yeah. kind of like a Rocky movie. But yeah. But the thing is, is you had a better response from the industry, from the wrestling industry, about the wrestler than um, Stallone got from with Rocky from the boxing boxing industry, right? Because they couldn't stand Rocky because um, it was basically you know just to all candy, all all made up, right? Where this one was more realistic, and yet you know if you if non-boxers watch Rocky, which most of us are, we're, non, we're non-boxers, we accepted that this is, this is realism. It's, 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 real, it's real. realistic, yeah. Um, so it's on the same level as the wrestler, but the industries just didn't take them the same way. Right. Um, and it, was, it was just weird because, you know, Rocky was such a, kind of like a big-budget film back in the day. No, it, 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 was, an, it was an independent You'd probably check the... uh, But it made a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah. part, part of the reason why it made so much money is because Stallone, who did three jobs on the film, um, and only got paid for one. I mean, that's where you save money. <laughs> Which is bullshit. But. Yeah. But with with The Wrestler, I think is Rock's best film. Out of all the other things that he's done, this is his best film. Right. Um, and th- this was this was his big comeback. <coughs> Excuse me. After the the roller coaster ride, and then you know all of a sudden he's he's coming back. Mm-hmm. He makes a wrestler, and he knocked it out of the park. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I I can't I can't say enough about watching this film. I love it. Um, out of out of when when you put together a list of you know the best the best top five films of an actor, um, the wrestler for me is is the top of the list for uh, for Rock. So you you'd say that's Rock's number one film. Oh yes, yeah. I would say I would say that's his, that's the that's the top of the list for him. And actually, it got him a spot at one of the WrestleManias. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, he also they they he was nominated. For for um, I believe he won the Golden Globe. He I think won, he did. He won the BAFTA. And wasn't he nominated in the Oscars? He or? was nominated in the Oscars, but he didn't win. But he won the Golden Globe and he won a BAFTA. But so, hey. but I think that, like I said, I think that's the the the, the pinnacle of his career was with that. Well, he got something out of the deal. I mean, great great movie. Uh, what else do we got here, brother? Um, well, why don't we take a break for a moment, and okay. uh, and then we'll come back. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we're back. All right. Um... The last film we're going to talk about is uh, Angel Hot. And I'll be honest with you, never seen it. You've never seen Angel Hot. Never seen it. Wow. Con- and considering it's such a under-the-radar horror film, I figured you, you of all people, would have seen would have seen that. I've, I've never seen it. Wow. Um, well, it's you know, obviously it stars Mickey Rourke and Ro- Robert De Niro. Who oh shit! Through, through most of the film, you don't realize that he's the devil. You can't. You get pit, little picks and bits and pieces along the way to figure it out. See, now you just told me you you fucked up the whole film. For oh me. come on! You just fucked you it just, all up. You just for said me. you just said Mickey Rourke isn't a great actor that that you don't really watch a lot of his stuff. I didn't so. say he wasn't a great actor. I'm just <laughs> saying I haven't watched a lot of his movies. But now you're telling me he's in this movie with. Robert De Niro and Robert De Niro's the devil and shit. Spoiler alert! How's that? It, it, or am I a little too late with that? Yeah, a little too late. All right. This is the, this is also the movie that Lisa Bonet asshole 
guy Lisa Bonet was in. This is the one that lost her her job on the Cosby Show. Oh, because she got naked. Right? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And Bill Cosby, who had a thing about having young women being naked, um, well, at least not, not even, with at least not with him. Let's not um, even go with Bill Cosby. <laughs> but he fired her because of this film. Well, maybe he should have fired himself. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, this is, it, 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 those were the three main actors, and um, it was really good. I really like it. Actually, if I, if I had top five, like I said before, of, of Mickey Rourke's films, this would be number two. This oh, wow. Is how, this is how good he does a job in this film. Hmm. Like I said, I'm surprised that I'm, I'm surprised that you've it never came up on your radar. You know what? Now that you're talking about it, I mean, I think I've seen maybe parts of that movie mm -hmm. because I remember, you know, uh, the Cosby Kid getting naked, yeah, and all that. But uh, yeah, other than that, I don't remember Mickey Rourke or Robert De Niro. Oh. Because the thing is, is her part is, compared to what the other two are doing throughout the movie, her part's very small. But she still gets naked. Oh, yeah. Well, the, that's... Two the or three part, times. That's the part I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so. But, I mean, it all, it all takes place, um, I believe, in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, down south in, I want to say, the late 40s, early 50s. Maybe because he a lot of there's a lot of conversation about him coming back from the war, and obviously they're talking about World War Two. Right. So I'm saying that it's in you know they probably say in the movie when it is, but I, if I remember correctly, it's like around the late 40s, early 50s. So who'd she get naked with? Mickey Rock. Really? Oh yeah. Mickey Rock's a dirty bastard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he gets naked with a lot of people. I think I think between him and Richard Gere. I think they get and they they get the most the most uh, pussy most pussy on screen. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know, yeah, that that's a good point. If that's Sean Bean dies the most, I mean, Mickey Rourke and and uh, Richard Gere in get their the early pussy. career get the pussy. Get the pussy. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with pussy. No, not at all. As long as that's what you like. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, this is another film from, I believe it was the late 80s that it was made, that it just flies under the radar. I mean, at the time, people heard about it, people knew about it, but now it's not one of those films that, you know, people would think about. It wasn't a blockbuster, right? No, 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 not at all. It, it None of his, I don't think any of his films really, like, blew the box office away in any way. No. And, uh... I mean, even though he was in The Expendables, it wasn't a Mickey Rourke film, The Expendables. But, I mean, it, it was just cool to see him in yeah, that movie. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I think out of all the films he was in, I think that's one of the ones that made money. I don't think... What, The lot, Expendables? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is it's not a Mickey Rourke film. No, no, no it's definitely that, not. But that's what I mean. He was involved in it and it made money. But I don't believe a lot of the other things that he did actually made money. Because he, he was a co-star. Yeah. And, you know, there was all these other actors mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Expendables, great movie. Yeah, yeah, no. 
Um, yeah, at some point we'll get we'll get to talking about the three of those. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to change gears now. All and right. We're going to talk about a subject that it burns a hole in my heart. Uh oh. Like bad heartburn. <laughs> I got some tums. <laughs> well, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to actually borrow a couple of those. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is reboots and remakes. Oh no! Now we have to admit, when you were re- when you were redoing one film, yep, it's a remake. Absolutely. Okay. When you're trying to redo a series of films, that I could understand being a reboot. Right. Okay. You cannot do a reboot if it's a one single movie, and it's like, okay, wow, look at that, it's great. No, the original was great. There's no reason to redo this. Yeah, why fuck it up? We, we, I, I'm swear to God, you could probably find more failed remakes than there are successes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you ain't kidding. I mean, the worst, the worst of the worst is Psycho, with uh, Vince Vaughn. Hated it, um, and. It's just it's just horrible that they take a, um, a classic like Psycho and redo it. I mean, what's the point? Exactly, and, it, and it's almost word for word. It's almost scene for scene, actually. Yeah. yeah. You know the, the way it was shot and everything. I mean, you know, I understand what they were trying to do, but they were trying to you know recreate something that was already perfect. And now. Now, since we're talking about Alfred Hitchcock, now they're talking about remake. They're remaking the birds. Oh, fuck off! Really? Yeah, I know there was a, there was talk at one point that they wanted to remake the Breakfast Club, which wouldn't work. No, yeah, it wouldn't because it, the the attitude of kids nowadays isn't the attitude of the kids in the eighties. Just doesn't it doesn't work like that. But I mean, with the birds, it probably all just be CGI. Yeah. And everything, and you know, it, it might work, it might not, but I mean, you know, the actors and actresses back then, it it just seemed like it was so much more believable. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, one of the other the other remakes that wasn't that great was um, the Mechanic with Jason Statham. Statham. Oh, you know, he's trying to replace Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson, Get yes. The fuck, God, no, no. And the way the ending of that movie was spoon-fed to the audience, which I couldn't understand why they even did that to begin with. I mean, at the end of the original Mechanic, um, you know Bronson is dead. Yeah, you know he's dead. So at the end of the remake, they do the same thing. They kill off Statham. Right. Beautiful, but they spin. They they go back and show you how he out. He got away from the explosion and lived. It's like, why did you do that? That ruined a decent film. It was and I'm not saying it was a great film. It was a decent film. But it was one of those cliffhanger things that you used yeah. to go to the theaters to see yeah. all those years ago. Exactly. But and it would. And the thing is, is if they left it at that, that the truck exploded, that he was there. You could have left it like that and still did the sequel. 
because you could have then taken that little piece of him rolling away, and you could have you could have shown that in the second film. Yeah, that was a security film that the police still had, but they didn't want to release it to the public. You could have still saved it like that. But I mean, it, it's some. It's like, why touch something? And you know, why fuck with it? There's there's no reason to go back and remake sequels. They're they're remake sequels, remake uh, films themselves. I can I understand that Scarface is a remake, but it's a different kind of film. It has nothing to do other than the character and, and the title. In the title, in the basic situation, that's it. They took it, modernized it, and redid the entire thing. You can't even tell that it's the same story. No, no, you can't. But that, but that would work. That's fine, and it worked there. But you can't do it. Look what they did to Karate Kid. Not to say that the, the original Karate Kid was, um, you know, Gone with the Wind. But No, it was a great film. Yeah, though. but it, it didn't need to be remade. And when they remade it, they screwed it all up. <laughs> I like Jackie Chan. <laughs> I like Jackie Chan as well. But this movie just doesn't do it. No. And I mean, they, they were going to use that to re, reboot the series and go on it didn't work but that's the thing with a lot of these uh these reboots or remakes um i don't know if they're actually trying to continue the saga or whatever well i mean they they redid they rebooted nightmare on elm street and, and friday the 13th sucked right but those were reboots they were trying to reboot the entire series so they can go on and make new movies right but they both fell short. Now they're looking to remake um, Friday, Friday the Thirteenth again, and Nightmare on Elm Street. I heard. I haven't heard. I haven't heard that. But I knew. I knew about Friday the Thirteenth. But I mean, it's just like you know what, you know, why? Why even bother? I don't understand. They, 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 they just don't have any brains. Apparently not. I don't. I don't understand why they have to go into the old stuff. And it's like, well, we have nothing else better to do. Let's spin the wheel and see what movie comes up, and we'll remake that film. Well, and if it comes up as a series, more gold for us. Well, that's because I think Hollywood's running out of ideas. I don't think they're running out of ideas. I think they just they just don't want to try. I mean, look, look, you look at what they've done with the Marvel Universe. Yep. In the comic books. They finally realized that all these comic books that had been around for decades can now be used to make movies. And make us money. Yes. Exactly. So why can't they do something like that instead of remaking, you know, they remade Night of the Creeps and turned it into Slither. And you know what? I liked Night of the Creeps much better than I liked Slither. I've never seen Slither. But I love Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps is a great movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just underrated, low-budget horror movie, but, I mean, it was it was fun. Yes. And then you watch Slither, and you're like, okay, you know, you just remade this movie, but you, you fucked it up in the process. Mm -hmm. and, and that seems to be the, the M.O. of any movie that's a remake from Hollywood for, I want to say, like the past 20 20, 20, 25 years. Yeah. Most remakes or most reboots that they try to do fall short. I mean, look at The Omen. Oh, oh my God. That's... 
sucked. I thought they had they. I thought when they got to Omen Four, I thought they had a nice twist to that film that they could have built on from there and turned it around to something else. And turned it on, and it would have been you know it could have gone to Omen Five, Six, whatever right. from there. But what they did with this, what was it, the Omen Six 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 or something like that? Something stupid like yeah. that. They try to redo the entire thing, but there was no atmosphere. No, it's that was the biggest thing about the original Omen. It actually had atmosphere. It made you feel creeped out watching it. But you, you know, watching the story, you just you didn't buy it. You weren't into it. Yes. Um, <laughs> another example: the remake of Carrie. Oh my God! Holy shit! That was that was horrendous. That was horrendous. It was bad. And you know the th- the 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 worst part about it is that when you end up making good films like that, the original Carrie was a great film. Oh, awesome movie! When you go to make a f- remake a film like that, you're drawn to try to stay as close to the original story as possible. Right. But you don't want to stay right on top of it. Right. <laughs> I mean, you want a little. Twist and changes. So yeah, yeah, and especially since that was sh- that was done in the seventies, and now we're looking at when was it done in the in the early two thousands. Yeah. Oh my so, god. So you know you could update the story and everything. You could do a lot more with it, but they didn't decide to do it that way. <laughs> it's it's just it just amazes me the the mentality that it takes to do some of these things. The, I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Player. The player, no. No. Okay. At the beginning of the movie, they talk. Um, they they do this long shot, and it actually starts at one doorway and it follows people around the parking lot and everything. And it's just one shot, never no cuts. It just goes from here and it comes back. Okay. Okay. When it comes back, it comes back to uh, the office of one of the producers, and he's listening to um, the people in there the, that pitching new stories, right? Right. What they're doing. It shows how much mentality that is in Hollywood. What they're doing is they're pitching combination ideas. They would t- they, I know this isn't one of them, but they have like, well, it'd be like Mad Max, but with the graduate. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, that's what some of these movies are now. These yeah, they, crazy ideas. It's like, well... Just- we're gonna we're gonna shoot it like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but but we're gonna, gonna be psycho. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's what they do. That's what they do nowadays. And now that I just said that, that was uh, American Psycho because it was shot in the way that Ferris Bueller would talk to the camera, which I wasn't a fan of. But no, yeah, but, but I've seen it. But I've seen a, it. yeah, but there's another one um, which happens a lot. That book for American Psycho. Compared to the movie, the book is like a hundred times better than as, the movie. As they usually are. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of things in different movies, like especially if you read the book before you see the movie that it's based on. Right. There's always something in the book that if it was a book that was beforehand and not a movie tie-in. Because movie tie-ins are usually uh, written straight from the, 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 the first script. Mm-hmm. So you'll find things in those books that weren't shot, or they were shot and they cut that out because it didn't work, but it's still in the book. Right. Okay. 
um, when you have books that have been on out on the market for years, months, whatever, um, there's always something in there that they just can't shoot. Um, that was one of the things about when for one reason for or one reason or another. That was one of the big things about why they thought um, the Star Trek animated series would work on television because there was so many things that they could do in animation that you just couldn't do live action. <laughs> but but think about it. All the all the aliens in Star Trek had to be humanoid. You had to do them two legs, two arms, and a head. There was okay. no way you could do it. Makeup and that's about it. But in animation, you do eight arms and you know a, a plantish head. You know all these different things. Um, and you could actually do that with some of these movies. And so, there's always something that well now you just use CGI, but there's always oh, yeah. something. That left out of the book. Right. My perfect example of that is when they did 2010, uh, the sequel to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay? Yeah. All right. I read the book when the book first came out. And there's a spot in the book when David Bowman's spirit comes out and he actually flies through Jupiter. And And he actually narrates how he's going through the different layers of gases and that in each layer there are life forms that live in those layers of gases but because they can't go into another layer they have no idea that there's anything else alive okay which is a great concept it is that you could actually shoot you could do that and have the spirit just going through but when he gets to the core of jupiter okay the core of jupiter is a diamond a solid diamond the size of Earth. Mm-hmm. Now, when I read that, it's just like, wow, that's an that I can't imagine right, seeing right, right. something like that. So when they, I heard that they were making the film, I thought, oh my god, that would be something great up on the screen. Watch him going through layer after layer after layer, right, right, down, to the, right. down to the core. Has nothing into the, in the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's movie making for you. Yeah, but if they ever not that not that I'm asking them to re, to remake 2010 or even 2001. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Don't touch it. No, nope. but if they did, I would love to see that scene put in because I think that would be a phenomenal scene. All right, I got a question for you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, a remake uh-huh. of a classic horror movie. Okay, uh, we we've already talked about a few. All right. Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh my what god. What did you think of it? Oh, do we have to talk about it? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it, 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 it's it, the, it, the concept, well, let, let me do it. Let me say this. Okay. The concept that he was working with would have worked if he stayed more to not adding more. Like he could he could have reshot the film just updated it since again that was shot in the late seventies. Right. Um, if he reshot it and modernized it and played a little bit with the story, he played too much with the story. I think that's what I'm getting at. He made too many changes, made too many added information. I mean, when he got to the second film and he and he and it turned out that he had a, he had another sister. Well, we won't and, even talk about Halloween too. Yeah, but, but I mean that. But again, that's another remake. 
which sucked ass, and we're not even going to talk about. Well, that. I mean, but that's the thing. It, it's it sucked more than the first one, which right. most sequels do, anyways. But oh, and, excuse me. But I mean, did did you honestly think that uh, Rob Zombie's version sucked? I mean, you know, he got into more depth of how Michael Myers became Michael Myers. Yeah, and, you know, he he changed a few things here and there, and I thought that was cool. But the whole yeah. movie just yeah. See, I think he made too many changes. I mean, yeah, you you want to make some, but he was making too many. Okay, he was just making too many, and then when he got to do the sequel, it ju he just perpetuated that. Not only did he make more, you know, not only did he carry on those changes, but he made even more. Yeah, which 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 drew you further into the bog. And when in when you finally get to the end, it's like I can't even get out of this mosh. You know, it, it, it's just it's just swallowing me up. But I mean, there was some scenes in Halloween Two with the mother. You know, and mm. those those scenes, you know, she's like almost like a ghost and everything. Yeah. It was just like, I was like, what is this shit? Yeah. It was like, it, it didn't make any sense. And Michael Myers is walking around, he's all homeless and shit. Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know what? You lost me. Yeah. I yeah. was like, bye. It was, again, another one of those movies that I waited for it to come out on disc before I actually watched it. Didn't go to the theater to it because I didn't just didn't want to. I didn't want it. I had too many good memories with the original to have to go through and watch a, a bad sequel. Now, are, are we talking about uh, Carpenter's? Or? Yes, Carpenter's. Yes. I, I, I mean, the Rob Zombie's two f Halloween films, I didn't go to the theater to see them. I waited till they came out on disc. Right. Because I just didn't want to, I didn't want to have to go to the theater and say, geez, I saw both Halloween's. And they sucked. <laughs> there, there, there's twenty four dollars that I've lost. You'll never get back. See, I actually i I enjoy Halloween one, uh, Rob Zombies, mm -hmm. but the Halloween two one, I was just like, all right, you know, stop. Yeah, just stop. Yeah, I mean, again, they're movies that I have, but because that's because I have the whole collection, the whole collection. Yeah. Um, now, what did you think of the, the, the new Halloween? Oh, the one with Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. Actually, I thought it was pretty decent. I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the original. Yeah. It wasn't the Rob Zombies thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I dug it. Yeah. I mean, and, I, I, and thought it was a, I thought it was a decent remake. Yeah, and they're, consider, they're, they're actually considering it... Um, just another sequel in the line um, because the one line that the, the one thing that I caught watching this new film mm -hmm. was the line that they used saying they didn't want to they didn't tell the public that Michael had escaped because they didn't want anybody to know about it and they never they never told you that right but that works also in the line that, that because everybody's talking about that this sequel actually takes the place after Halloween 2. Right. Happened is Halloween 2. But and they get, they, they get rid of all the other sequels. Right. But with that one line saying that we're not, we're not telling the public because we never have if he when he escapes. So that says all the other sequels are still active 
because we never told the public that he escaped. Ah. So it means every time he escaped, they went looking for him on their own. Probably anything, anybody that died, he, they attributed it to somebody else or what, but they never said about anything about Michael being gone. So all this time, Michael has still only been in the prison. That's what the public knows. But we know that he's been he's been escaping and been doing periodically, all this shit. periodically. Right, right. So you can look at it either way. This is either the third film in the original Halloween, or it would be I think the ninth or the tenth, depending on how you want to look at it. Right. But I mean, I think they uh, the way they went into making this was it was the direct sequel from the 1978 movie. And, you know, but here's the thing that was confusing to me. They never explained how Michael Myers was recaptured. Right. Which, the, which happens at the... He was, he was recaptured at the end of the last film. That's what I'm saying. Because they don't... You're, you're uh, Joe Q. Public, okay? You're just living in Bloomfield or whatever. I'm Popcorn Pete. Who yeah. are you? Listen to what I'm saying. Okay. You're the public in this movie. So okay? I'm Popcorn Pilot. We're not <laughs> telling you that Michael has escaped. Okay. All right? So as far as you know, he's still in prison. So when we capture him at the end of film six, we put him back in prison. You're, no, you're not the wiser. Okay. But, I mean, there's been a lot of stupid shit that's happened in the Halloween movies. Like, mm -hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis died, and Michael Myers got his head chopped off. You know, just stupid shit. Yeah, what happened to Jason? <sighs> Don't let me start. Yeah, but listen, but look at Jason. Jason was the, per was the perfect kind of character for a horror, horror series. To just keep going and going and going. You don't have to explain anything about Jason. Everybody wants to know the backstory. We learned the backstory about Freddy Krueger in the remake. Was that, was that very helpful? No. That sucked ass. So, do we need to explain what these psychotic killers came from? Or what their backstory is? We really don't need the backstory. No, we don't. No. And I think that actually helps... The storyline, if you don't know the backstory. Because it makes you more curious. Yeah. yeah. So when the public starts screaming, we want to know where he comes from, don't listen to them. <laughs> You're going to make something that's going to be crap. So why, so why go through all that? But I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you know, when you have a, su a, su a successful movie. Yes. And then you make all this money off it. Yes. I mean, even if you know you don't think the mo uh, the the movie's going to make that much money, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, it makes all this money, and the theaters say, "Hey, let's make another movie." Right. That, that's great, but not let's not remake it. Let's just do a sequel. And sometimes the sequels don't even work out. No, but they, but obviously most sequels make money. Well, because they because what what did we go up to? We went up to twelve or thirteen Friday the Thirteenth, twelve. I think it's twelve. Yeah, 
I mean, obviously each one was making money to make the next one. Yeah. Same thing with Freddy Krueger. I mean, it but was, a lot of them was shit. Yes, but it still made money because people go on that opening weekend and say, "I got to see this. I want to see this." Right. And then it makes the money in the first two weeks. I mean, how long does a movie stay in the theater now? Three, four weeks now, if that. And it, it, you know, because the the industry is learning, the studios are learning that the money now is in the home theaters. If I like the movie. I'm going to go in, if I like the actors, if I like the director, if I'm really interested, and I can't, obviously, I can't afford to go to the theater, consider right. what, what is it, $40 now per person for tickets? Ah, uh, pretty much. Um, Including popcorn. Yeah. I mean, I'll wait for it to come out on disc where it's under 20 Right. And I'll watch it that way. And I'll watch it on my big screen television, relaxing in my recliner. And the Show best thing out. is, and the best thing is, is when I want something to eat, it's not going to cost me extra. True. And if I have to go to the bathroom, I can stop and pause the movie, so I don't miss anything. This is true. One this of the things, true. one of the things that I, I've noticed on a few of the last movies that I that I purchased, which I don't know if it's something that's industry wide or if it's something new, just with a few that I've had. There are no trailers at the beginning of the movies. In. What, on the DVDs? On the DVDs or the Blu-rays. Ah, uh, there are some. Well, but, but that's what I mean. I don't know if it's something the industry is starting to do, because I remember when, you know, every single video cassette or every single DVD had at least two or three movies that they oh, were advertising. Oh, like five or six, and you're yeah. like, oh, come on, let's get to the movie. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the last two or three that I picked up didn't have any. So I was just curious if that was just something that they were... They were like sliding into. So it, it just went straight to the video. Yeah, it was just you know a couple of things here and there, um, you know the the uh, the copyright thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then it goes into the movie, and it's like, what's the hell? What's wrong with this? You know, I'll tell I'll tell you a, I'll tell you a small story, okay, about about trailers. Small story. A small story, okay. Um, I owned the. Disc, uh, the blue, the uh, the DVD disc for Die Hard. Yep. Okay. And I owned the video cassette before that. Uh huh. Okay. And the video cassette had more de- uh, trailers. No, no, no. What it, what they did was instead of making the DVD better than the the um, the video cassette, it was almost like a direct transfer. Okay. Everything that was on the DVD uh, on the video cassette, they moved to the DVD. Okay, even the trailers. Okay, there were the same two or three trailers that were on the video cassette were on the DVD. Okay, now, a friend of mine wanted to borrow Die Hard. I said, sure, no problem. Pulled it out. He borrowed it. Yeah. Okay, a couple weeks later, he returns it. And he said, you know what? There's a trailer for a gangster film at the beginning of this movie. I can't remember the name. I said, I said oh, that's Miller's Crossing. And he just looked at me and goes, how the fuck did you know that that was Miller's Crossing on there? <laughs> I said, well, li- I'll tell you. I said, listen. And I told him the story about having it a direct transfer. That right, they right. moved the same trailers over to, to the, the DVD. Right, right, right. And I told him, I said, I've watched it so many times. And I love Miller's Crossing. I own it. I said, I watched it so many times. I knew what the trailers were. So when you said that it was the trailer at the beginning and it was gangster, I said, oh, yeah, that's, that's Miller's Crossing. 
<laughs> he thought it was the most amazing thing of memory that he'd ever seen. Because all uh, because that's all it was. He just said it was at the beginning of this movie. Now, how, how many times do you remember the trailers at the beginning of the films? Uh, unless it's like a Star Wars trailer uh, yeah, or something like that. But, but yeah, but could you remember which trailer it was on which movie? Oh fuck that, no! Yeah, see that's it. That's the th- that's the thing that he was saying. It's like how can you how can you know that? It's like it's just me. <laughs> okay, uh, I got another one for you. Okay. And you know we're going into the horror topic, but yeah. uh, the Evil Dead remake. Oh my god! Again, if they left it alone at one point at the ending, they could have survived with a decent film. But here's the thing. But they take it one step further. <laughs> but I mean, here's the thing. I actually dug the movie. Yeah. Until I get to the halfway point. Yeah, and then just at the end, the whole thing fell apart. Yes, yes. And I was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" <laughs> I mean, now the the only I, I, the only thing the only horror remakes that I've seen that have done real well was when Hammer Fit Studios remade the old classics. When they redid Frankenstein, they redid Dracula, they redid The Mummy, they did it right. I think that's what I think that's what modern cinema now is missing out on. What Hammer did to those original stories, because I mean, yeah, it's a remake of a story we've already seen. Yeah, we already know. But they but they twisted it just enough that it worked. Now, if the if the studios now could do what Hammer did in the '60s, mm-hmm. then I think they would be making they would be making movies that are are classics. Right. But it's just not working. But I mean, you know, back to the Evil Dead. I mean, I was actually digging it. I was getting into it. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. We got some good special effects in. Mm-hmm. But then. Towards the end, like I said, I mean, the movie just, it fell apart. And I was like, oh. I was like, what did you guys do? But it's, again, there's no, there was no reason to remake that film. No reason. No, there wasn't. And if they were looking to reboot the series, that's an even worse thing. Because what, there's no reason to redo the series. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Ash vs. the Evil Dead, because <laughs> not a big fan. No, no, not at all. But there's things like it. Well, look, since we we were talking about remakes and reboots and things like that, there's still talk around the industry that they want to remake Jaws. No fucking way. And they want to do the shark and CGI. No. And go back to the original script so you see more of the shark. I mean, I I get the I understand that they want to you know stick to the book. Well, no, no, no. That's not even. That's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying because the the script is nowhere close to the book. No, I know. I I know. I know. I know the the script's to- totally different. But what I mean is like, it was a blessing in disguise that they couldn't get the shock to work the way they wanted it to. Right. And it worked. So why screw up with perfection? Right. I mean, but I actually heard talk of Spielberg 
wanted to go back. Yeah. After the whole, you know, hey, George Lucas is making Star Wars and, you know, but he's got he, all the CGI. Yeah, but I think he had that idea at the same time George was talking about going back and redoing A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Which a lot of people hated. That they hated Return of the Jedi. No, 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 what, no, no. What, what, what are you talking about then? The added footage. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about the added footage. I'm talking about reshooting the entire films. Oh. So, they're more, so they would be more in line with the first three films that he did. Uh, one, two, and three. No. That's what he wanted. I think that was around the same time that Spielberg was talking about uh, redoing Jaws with all new footage. You know, that kind of thing. But I, I, I just don't think it would work. I well, just don't think so. Spielberg hated the original. I mean, the, the whole experience. Yes. With Jaws, he hated that. I don't think he would have been involved with that. Well, I, I think if even if he did, I think the entire thing would be done in studio now. You wouldn't do it out in the open ocean. I mean, come on, they did, they they, re, they did Jaws: The Revenge, all in that huge tank, yeah. on the Universal lot. They did the entire movie there. And it all sucked. the water scenes, and right. it sucked. Right. right, but I mean, if the re if you redid Jaws now, you wouldn't go out to the ocean. You would do it all right there in the tank. Yeah, but ah, man, um, Stephen was ahead of his time. Yep, he was ahead of his time, and you can see it in Jaws because most most directors would have kept fighting to get the get the shock working. Yeah, he just came up with ways of shooting around it. Right. So, Which was genius. Yes, it was. And considering his age at the time, it was it, it was amazing. And what, what was he like? Twenty four. Yeah, he was in his twenties. Something like that. So it's it's it, it alone is amazing. I mean, if you talk about amazing, what he did was the TV movie he did, Duel. I think Duel was a TV movie. Yeah, it was. I it was a so. TV movie. Um, and that he shot on a TV budget. Right. So and that was a phenomenal film. That I would, I would. That those those are the kind of films that you sit there and go, oh my god, if they remake that, I just gotta slip my wrists. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Spielberg compared Jaws to Duel. Yeah, because he was like, you know, the you know chasing the each cha other, the chase scenes and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he would have had such a, a success with Jaws if he hadn't made Duel. Because of the stuff that he learned in Duel, and what was the other one he did? Um, Sugarland Express. Yes. It was another chase movie. And I think the chase films that he does is rather good. I know you don't like it, but 1941 is partially a chase film as well. No, I didn't hate 1941. Oh, I thought you did. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I just, you know, it, because it, it bombed in the theater, I was kind of like, oh, that, that kind of sucks for Spielberg. Yeah, see, I, yeah, see, I, I, I loved it, and... I I don't know if it was because of all the great actors that are in it, or if it's just oh great cast. If it was just Spielberg, or, or you know, but I I loved it. So I mean, and you got the music by uh, John Williams, mm -hmm. <laughs> who who is who's done almost all of Spielberg's films. Yeah, and I think his first collaboration with him was on uh, Jaws. If I'm not mistaken, I ha that that's something I'd have to look up because I'd ha I'd be interested in see where exactly he he and Spielberg started. 
I think it was Jaws. Yeah, because I know I know Williams did the music for uh, Lost in Space, mm-hmm. which um, to me I, I still love that theme song. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he's he's actually somebody else that we'd uh, we'd have to take a look at and uh, and talk about on another show. Oh, it's all of, of Williams. Oh, John Williams. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think we should uh, actually do that. Um, not to, not to wish him any bad ill will or anything like that, but um, I think we should do that soon before he dies because I saw that he's in the hospital. I think sick with something. Oh no! So um, he had also uh, he had also said the last Star Wars film that he did for music was the last Star Wars film. He wouldn't do any more if they came, if they came up with another Star Wars film. Really? Yeah, he had said that. So I don't know if the last one he did was it or he's talking about this one that's coming I mean but he's conducted so many great theme he, music he, he's, he's ta- talking about movies with sequels and reboots and everything like that he did the original Superman oh, Christopher Reeves yes and there's another reboot or remake however you want to look at it uh. um, that's horrendous <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry Harvey, Ka- uh, what is it, Henry Cavell, Cavell <coughs> or something like that? Which one are you talking about? The newest one. Not the Superman Returns. No, this is um, the one where he dies. Superman versus Batman. Oh, you don't like that Superman? No, it, I, I listen. I love Christopher Reeves. We all do. Well, not if you got to remake his films. <laughs> now, I want to talk. Actually, I want to talk about one film. Okay. Okay. That I keep hearing that they're going to remake, and I think it's a bad, bad idea. Okay. Escape from New York. No fucking way. Yep. No. I heard that they wanted to remake that because obviously the two. Well. It, it directly it only had one sequel, Escape from L.A., which wasn't exactly great. No, no, it wasn't. But the third film that was supposed to be it was supposed to we've talked about this before. Yeah, Escape so, from Earth, Escape to Earth, because that's where Lockout is. Supposedly Lockout, which I can't remember the actor who 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 it was that was in that. That was supposed to be Escape to Earth, because if you watch that and you just Visualize the main actor with an eye patch. Mm-hmm. It's Snake Plissken. Uh, I don't know if that would have worked. Uh, well, well, what do you mean? I, I don't know if, it, if, if the whole thing would have worked. I, well, the, that's the thing. I think that what it was is that was the script for Escape to Earth, and when it was, it had been kicking around. So because Carpenter didn't want to do it, and uh, Kurt Russell didn't want to do it because Kurt Russell won't do it, wouldn't do an escape movie unless Coppola was attached. They re- rewrote some of it for the main character and then we gave it a new title. Well, what I heard was, um, you know, Kurt Russell didn't like to do sequels, but he did Escape from L.A. as a favor to mm-hmm. John Coppola. Right. And then... I guess, you know, 
rumors here. Uh, Which are always great. Yeah, they're always great. But, you know, I heard John Carpenter was like, oh, you know, everybody was asking me for all these years to bring back Snake Plissken. I finally bring him back. And nobody went to the theater to see it. Right. So that's why they didn't do it. Right, yeah. But the thing, but what I, and what what I think was interesting was that the script had been kicking around, and they didn't cha- they changed it, but they didn't change it enough, because I sat I, I didn't go to the theater to see it, and I watched when I first watched it, I'm sitting there going, geez, this this seems like I've seen this character before, and I try and I looked it up, and it was like, no, 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 this is the only film, you know, with this character and everything. So I started thinking about it and remembered the conversation we had about Escape to Earth. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? When the next time I watched it, I, I visualized Kurt Russell in that role. Okay. And it was like, it works. This is Escape to Earth. And I actually had a couple of other people who had seen it. I said, now, when you watch it again, keep, keep Kurt Russell in mind when you're watching that main character. And both people came back and said, "You're right. If you you could have changed the name to Snake Plissken, and it would have gone gone across. It was just another escape film." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You were telling me about that. I've never yeah. seen. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's one of the ones that you should you should take a look at. I'll definitely check I, it out. I think that's that'd be good. Um, there was one other remake that I wanted to mention. Oh. Actually, we were talking. We were talking about it today. Okay. Um, I had heard, caught wind that they wanted to remake two Humphrey Bogart films. Oh God! So now they're going way back. Okay, they want to remake and update it to you know current times. They want to redo Casablanca. See that's what that's that's the reaction I had. It's like it's no like way. what in the world are you thinking? All Why? Right. I, I I don't understand. Why? It, it, why don't I understand? No, I understand. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying why do you not understand. No, I know, I understand. I'm on the same page as you, but what the fuck, man? Really? Yep, no, yep. they want to remake Casablanca and update it. Um, the other Bogart film that they want to remake which would be an instance that I would actually storm Hollywood and try to stop the production they want to redo the Maltese Falcon no yes no can you believe that what the fuck why because we we've, this is what we were discussing that Hollywood has no new ideas. Exactly, and, but but, it, but the thing is, is that they looked. If they tried a little harder to look, the, the, I mean, there's there's obviously plays that are successful that they, they could make movies of. There are books that are successful. Even non-successful books could have been turned into movies. Right. There's all kinds of things. We were talking about the comic book industry. There's decades of comic books that you could have, of characters that you could have picked up. And done. Why do you need to go back and remake or reboot or do anything to the older films? Because it's stupid. This this is as stupid as when they were when they were doing it in the eighties and they were colorizing them. Oh my God! Let's not even go there. Yeah, no, no, I don't even want to talk about that. But I mean, that's that's the thing. 
All right. I think we did. I think we're pretty much done for the evening. <laughs> I think so. All right. Um, you want to you want to talk about the uh, our our uh, our list of people we need to thank and everything? Well, I'd like to give a special shout out to Canucks Cannoli from <laughs> Canada. Our producer. Our, our producer. Our MMO Mafia Mania member. And uh, I just also want to say that, you know, anytime uh, that we play a theme music or play a mo uh, movie clip, that we do not own the copyrights to that. And uh, anything else you want to say? Well, I'd like to remind everybody of the formats we can be found on, which is um, iTunes, Spotify. We have a Facebook page that you can also connect with. Um, I believe it's Anchor and uh, yes. YouTube. Yes, yes, you can find us on there. And I think we're doing. We're doing. We're, this is becoming real good, real popular with the our listeners. And I'd actually like to throw a question out to the listeners: If there's any movies or actors or directors or anything like that you, that you'd like us to focus on for a show. Please send us an email. You can get in touch with us through Facebook. Um, there's, our producer is always watching the, the, the box for that. So if you do send in inf uh, questions or anything like that, he will answer within a day or two, If he, it, you know, depending on if he can answer it himself or get a hold of one of us. Yes, please give us your information. Uh, we're always curious of what you want to hear, what you want to listen to, and what you might be curious about. So, for tonight, I'm Popcorn Pete. Vinny the Vault. Vinny the Vault, and uh, we are calling this a night, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.